friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs. And listen, I have to start with what sounds fun to me today. You know, it's one of my favorite questions to ask the people who come on the podcast. But today, what sounds fun to me is that I can see. I have recently had LASIK surgery and because I had an eye ulcer in July. You probably saw all that, but it was dramatic. I had an eye ulcer. And then I just decided this is the right time, saved up some moolah, and was able to get LASIK surgery. And so what sounds fun to me is I can see everything. I can see words everywhere. I can see my hands. I can see the words on the bottles in the shower. I mean, you guys, it's amazing. You people who have perfect vision all the time, you don't know. You do not know what a miracle it is when you can actually see everything. Uh, So that is what sounds fun to me today is my ability to see. I'm just having the best time. I like don't want to close my eyes at all because I just like looking at everything. So, um, but this is a podcast that's audio, so you can't even see me, but luckily you can hear me. Whether you're out on a walk or on your way to school, on your way to work, maybe you're on the treadmill like a hero. I don't know where you are today, but I'm glad that you are hanging out with me. And my friend, Brad Lomanick. Listen, this podcast this week, I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. It was really interesting because just a few weeks ago, Brad happened to be in Nashville and texted me and said, hey, let's get together and talk on the podcast. And I thought, well, okay, yeah, that sounds awesome. That's, I'd love to do that. And then we finally scheduled it and worked it out and sat down and chatted this week. And I'm not kidding you. It it was kind of mind-blowing a little bit for me and a little life-changing. And I just really love when I get to sit down with a real-life friend. And you guys know that's who's on this podcast is my friends, because that's what sounds fun to me is introducing my friends to my friends. So to sit down with one of my friends and have a conversation that we haven't really planned and just see what comes out. And man, it blew my mind. Brad and I had the best time. And it was super deep and a little bit silly because, hi, I'm always Annie. But it just, some of the concepts that he offered kind of blew my mind. So I'm really, really excited for you to get to hear this conversation between me and Brad Lomanick, former president, CEO, boss man at Catalyst, now independent author, speaker, wise human. So enjoy. Okay, Brad, welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. That Sounds Fun with Annie Downs. Right, Annie F. Downs, please. Oh, sorry. By the way, I'm BSL. Are you? (laughs) What's the S? Steven. Oh, Bradley Steven. How fancy of you. And if you put those two together, BS. Uh uh I feel like that should be my writing name. (laughs) It should have been. BS. (laughs) Or B. Steven. Oh, That sounds very fancy, doesn't it? Yeah, that does. How many books do you have out right now? Two. Two. That's what Two I thought. Books. Tell me yeah. the titles again. Catalyst Leader. Mm-hmm. The Catalyst Leader. So first one in H3 Leadership is number yes, two. Yes, that's right. Most recent. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it just came out months ago, right? Not even- Yeah, months. Uh, it's been since middle of September last year. So oh, so happy birthday. We're coming up on yeah. a year. Happy book birthday. It doesn't feel like it's- It feels like it's been a couple of months. Yeah. Do you find that? I mean, I, I've- be, Partly because when it comes out, most people don't even know it's out. Mm. The mm-hmm. only people that know books are out when they come out are you and your publisher. <laughs> That's right. And everybody, That's else right. Is, everybody else is saying, hey, uh, don't you have a book coming out soon? I'm like, it came out six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody knows, even your closest friends, right. they have no idea that right. you just released a book. And the best part is when someone tweets at you and goes, I'm reading Annie's, Annie F. Downs' new book. And right. I'm like, well, 
Yeah, it's been I mean, it's 18 been a, months. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while, but thank you. But that, I want the, you reading it. To the it. person who's seeing it for the first time. Right. And that the beauty of books? Yeah, they think it's new. It's the best. That's what I mean, I pick up things off the shelf at my local, we have a local store here called Parnassus that I do a lot of my book shopping at. And I'll pick up a book and I'll be like, oh, this is exactly what I read. And I flip it over and it's like, published in 2013 and I'm like well that poor author I'm about to send them 18 cents right. because it, I, I think I mean the lesson in that for lots of us it, including myself is allow people to th- to think it's new mm. but reality is is that in their mind it is yeah so you know don't underplay sort of the your most recent work even if it's many years old yeah uh, because people still when they're finding it for the first time it feels fresh. It feels new. It's exciting to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as authors, we move on yeah. sort of to the next. We have to. Yeah, the next we book. Have to. Right. But in the life cycle of of the, of the your tribe, mm. many things that feel old to you are brand new to them. Mm. I mean, we, all, we always said that at Catalyst over the years of the thing that people are going to see this year at the event. They're going to be overwhelmed by, wowed by, consumed by. To us, it's old hat. Yeah. It's, it's, it feels like it's it's so out of date. Whereas to the average person showing up, it's something new and exciting and mind blowing to them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. don't let don't let that get in the way of their the wonder of what yeah. they're going to feel compared to the sort of the boredom of what we are right. consumed by at this point. Okay, so let's talk about catalysts for a minute because I would love to know when you when you and others created catalysts. I don't know how and many. I, I was not the creator. I was around. Yeah, there was many people involved. Gabe Lyons would have been the. I, the the one who would have held the most sort of mm. uh, visual sure. sense of of the the brand czar and the guy standing up on stage, uh-huh. but, um, what, I, but what, I was I was involved. But yeah, so what made you jump in with that? What what did you see missing in the church that you thought, yeah, yeah, I want to help with this because we need this? Well, it wasn't as much of a church thing, although that was part of the equation for me. It was more of a leadership thing, mm. and it was the it was the intersection of of leadership of young and of Jesus and meaning that there was, it was the church, but it was, it was sort of the, the pure essence of, you know what, like if we cut ourselves open, we're, we're going to bleed leadership and we're going to be bleed Jesus yeah. and we're going to bleed young. Yeah. And that was sort of this new equation that I hadn't seen mm-hmm. at that time. You know, we, and I was in my late twenties when Catalyst was starting to, you know, Gabe was 25, 26, a bunch of other folks that were at Enjoy mm-hmm. that were working with John Maxwell were all in their you know mid to late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. But for me, it was that it was that combination. And I never, when I first went, the first year I went to Calus, I was helping from the outside. I wasn't running it. Oh, wow. And I walked in, and there was just this pure sense of of I'm among my people. Uh-huh. You know, like when you when you go to a concert. Uh, and you feel that sense of this is my tribe, or yeah, when you yeah, go yeah. to a you know when you go to a, a meeting, or when you go to a restaurant. But the first time at Catalyst, it was it was wow. This these are the people that I feel like I can change the world with. And it wasn't that big. Oh, it was wow. you know maybe fifteen hundred people. Yeah. At North Point, but it just had that that energy and that feel on it of we we really can like change the world with this little tribe that we're starting out with. And part of that was because everybody was young. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of events will, because the early days of Catalyst, it was, if you're over 40, we love you, but we don't really want you here. Yeah, This is not for you. So send your young leaders. And we looked around the first year and it was, it was all young. Yeah. A lot of times you go to those things and 
it's marketed that way, but you're the only one when you get there. And yeah. you go, oh man, come on. They totally <laughs> sold me a bag of goods. Yeah. But it was it was a bunch of 20 and 30 somethings. And not that it was all cool and hip. And I mean, there were people there that were dressed accordingly, but it wasn't just the hipster fest. Mm-hmm. But it was that, that 20 and 30 something energy. What do you do now? I, you know, a few years later, what do you do now when you walk in a room for the first time and you feel that? And you go like, oh, we're all clicking on the same level. What's the next step after you feel that? That's a really good question. I I would say two things. One, I want to I want to capture what that is. Uh-huh. When I walk in a in a in a room or in an event or among friends or a strategic gathering, I want to figure out wh- what's happening. So what, what is the, the little neutron the, here? Yeah, what's, what's the, the common thing? denominator mm. that is is true among all of us. And many times that's, um, I find it's a, it, it's among, in, in the Christian community, it's a, it's a deep felt like spiritual, mysterious factor that we can't explain, mm. i.e. the Holy Spirit many right. times. Um, in other environments, it's, it's just a sense of energy, you know, the same would be, so if you walk in, if I walk into a room with a bunch of tech startup people and I can just sense sort of that oh my gosh, there's something happening here that 10 years from now, the way we engage with gadgets will be based on a few conversations that are happening in this room. In this room, room yeah. You, know, you just feel that futuristic sense. That's the first thing. The second, so I want to know what that denominator is. The second thing is is I want to figure out how I can, how I can be part of it, how I can serve mm, it. Yeah. And it's not how I can get out, something out of it. It's more of what I can contribute to it. And that for me has been... I would say like a, a a Brad recommends sort of, hey, if you're young and figuring out how do you walk into those kind of environments, mm-hmm. don't walk in as the know-it-all. Right. Walk in as the curious um, question asker trying to figure out how you can play a role. Yeah. And believe that, you can play a role. Absolutely. I think that's something that, and you've experienced this, I'm sure, as well with people you talk to, but especially with women, it can be an I walk into a room and I feel the buzz, but I don't have anything to offer. Yes, you do the all shucks. I shouldn't be here. All these people are people that I read. Do dudes do that too, as much as women do? Yeah, it. it but it feels different a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll feel like the the fist bump and the hey, let's hang. Yeah, you know, and that may be true for women as well. I, I, I. But I've I've definitely seen that, and it it comes across as false humility mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of real, um, appropriate humility. Yeah, because true appropriate humility is I understand that I'm not the center of the story in the room, but I also understand I have a lot to offer because yeah. I'm in the room. Yeah. Somebody's invited me into the room. Right. And That's what Christine Kane says is their invitation is your permission. There you go. And I think that there are stages I get on and opportunities I have that I go, oh, I should not say yes to this. I am not. I'm not. And then I was like, whoop, they invited me. Yeah. If they invited me, that's my permission to be me. Yeah. They knew what they were getting into. And, and <laughs> you know? the, I think the worst, you know, watching a lot of speakers over the years, the mm-hmm. worst thing communicators or people that are on a platform or especially in front of hundreds or more thousands of people is don't get up and do the all shucks thing. Oh, and that's Because worst? it drives everybody in the room crazy because all of a sudden you have, you have, um, you've taken what influence you had based on being there. Yep. And now you've just basically thrown that to the side and totally. then you're starting over. That's right. 
you know. And now, when you say, I can't believe I can get to share the stage exactly. with, da da da, right. and then everybody goes, yeah. and you lose all of them. Yeah. And I have, I have seen a few people do it in a way that's funny, mm-hmm. that, that gains credibility, mm-hmm. but most of us are not sharp or witty enough that's to do right. that. I'm not, yeah. So it, when in doubt, don't do it. That's it. That's what I do, Brad. I don't say what I'm nervous about. I don't say who else has been on the stage. I just am like, I go. Just jump in. Because I don't need to tell them what they already know. Just jump in. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They already know who else they've seen. Absolutely. And they already know that they've never seen me or that they that I am out of my league. They Everybody knows that. Yeah. It, I don't need to remind them. You I can need honor, to show them you, why I get You can to be honor there. the people who invited you. That's For okay sure. to do. Yeah. But, but don't all shucks yourself into mm-hmm. the corner mm-hmm. where all of a sudden people are going, who is this clown? Yeah. And why, why are they here? Yeah. And I can't wait for them to be done to hear someone who deserves to be up there. Exactly. Because if they don't think they should be up there, I don't think they should be up there either. Oh, it makes me crazy. You know, the other thing I do wrong is John, that John Acuff fixes me on all the time is I always say, hey, I'm Annie. Like I introduce myself and he's always like, they've they already, already said know. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the peop- it's on a piece of paper, right. probably. Yeah. You're on the screens. Your name is up on the screens. <laughs> right. There was an intro video that, that showed you. There was a bumper. Right. You're in the notebook. <laughs> Somebody's already introduced you. Yeah. They've heard my name eight times and yet I still go like, hi, I'm Annie. Yeah. Unless you do the Maxwell me. thing, which is classic John Maxwell says, hi, I'm John. What's your name? And you know, oh, and everybody says oh, it everybody back. Everybody says it back, and it's 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 so it, it works for John. I've yeah. tried it a couple of times, and it just because <laughs> I don't have the John sort of vibe to me. Uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. the tan John Maxwell vibe. Right, it just is what it is. Like John Maxwell can get away with that. Yeah, Lamine tries it, and it just totally bombs. No, how much are you speaking right now? Because you're not at Catalyst anymore. I don't know that people know that that you were at Catalyst for how many years? I was there for. I was involved for. 13 years. Oh, I was wow. running it for about 10. Wow. Yeah. So I stepped in and started running it in 2003, four, because uh-huh. Gabe was still involved. Jeff Schinnebarger was a part of that. Yep. Love him. Um, there people. was a bunch of us who were sort of connected in. And and then about 2005, six, I really took over mm-hmm. full bore with all of my time and energy. And then 2014, I stepped out. Okay. Um, so for two-ish years, you've been doing your own thing. Yeah. Spending time, a lot of time advising other organizations and and I would say spreading my wings further than the Catalyst community because uh-huh. there was all these different projects that I was getting to have my hands in, but I always f- felt a little bit of, man, I'd like to be a little more involved because mm-hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a kingdom guy. Like I like being involved in lots of strategic things, yeah. having my hands in lots of cookie jars. And sure. so that, that gave me the opportunity to do more of that. And then speaking is maybe once or twice a month. Okay. Um, what do you like best about not having one full-time job anymore? You know, the flexibility is is really the variety and flexibility is is stimulating. Yeah. And it's it's um I would say it's energizing because you get to be you get to put on different hats mm-hmm. and you're always doing something different. Um, it also is is a little bit of a challenge because you many times you don't feel like you're you're able to put your shoulders into something uh, full bore yeah, yeah. and move the ball forward as much as you, as you might think you should or could mm. if you were working on something full time. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just a different it's a different season for me. Yeah, it's different muscles, right? Does that feel like that? Like that you're you kind of honed in your I'm running this catalyst thing, and now you're having to stretch and grow different things, huh? Exactly, and I, I don't think I'll be I don't want to be a full time consultant advisor because that's one it's i know i'm not i know i'd rather run something full-time but this season is really important because that's really interesting it's almost like a um 
it's almost like a sabbatical okay. in the sense of I'm getting to step away from something and then be able to to ha- to have perspective and vision yeah. beyond one thing. Yeah. And I think that's going to give me then real focus into maybe one or two things mm. that I'll probably put 10 to 15 years into. Yeah. And that may totally not become true, but that's what it feels like. It feels like it's a it's a um, step back and see what's happening across the landscape uh, and yeah. then jump back into something that I can put my uh, most of my energy into. Yeah. Um, but, but you know what? Like, I'm a kingdom rover. Like, that's my, that's, that's a, been my. That's a great Twitter bio. Yeah, it, it's been my assignment for 20 years and it probably will be for another 20 years in terms of my role in the, in the church leadership. Christian world, yeah. business, across the landscape is Kingdom Rover. And Rover, for those who don't, who are thinking, who are thinking like C-3PO or R2-D2, <laughs> that is one way to think of Rover. Yes. The other way to think of Rover. I was thinking Rover, Red Rover. It's one of my Red favorite Rover games from childhood. It's another way to think of it. The third way to think of it is the sports analogy, which ah. is, is a Rover in sports and football especially, is a defensive back. Okay. And your job is to basically line up on the field wherever is most strategic for that play. Cool. So that's what I played in high school. Yeah. And my dad was the, was the coach. And so he gave me flexibility and freedom to say, Brad, wherever you need to line up to make based the play. on the offense and what they're doing, ah, sure. you line up there to, to be most strategic for that particular play. Oh, so that's the, cool. Yeah. I mean, I've been a football fan my whole life and no one's ever taught me Rover before. Rover. So Rover would be the, the linebacker that doesn't line the up. The Keith Brooking. Uh, Come on. Keith Brooking would be, he would not be a rover. He would be an inside linebacker. Okay, yeah, you're right. So a rover in that case would have been more a person who was playing sort of defensive back Mm. and then also lining up like inside. So it's usually an outside linebacker Okay, is a a rover typically. Okay. There you go. Brad. Sports analogies. You've really taught me so much today. With Annie and Brad. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, I have a dream in my heart to have a sports podcast at some point because- I love talking about sports. What's your sport? Like what are, uh, what are, football what's your... and soccer. Those are my two. I really love um, – I grew up loving football, okay. Falcons. I yep. went to Georgia, Georgia yep. Bulldogs, so I'm, I bleed red and black, man. I want to Were you talk... there during the during the golden years of Georgia football or during the during – uh, Who's you know... golden? No, I, went, I mean – Well, like the Mark Rick. Yeah, yeah, Early yeah. Mark Rick years. Yeah, his first year was my sophomore year. Yeah, that would have been the golden years. Early yes. years of Mark Rick were the golden yes, years. Yes, when we were SEC champions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Previous yeah. to that, it was the Jim Donnan, right? Yeah, it was. Ooh. It was the you know hit and miss years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My so he came my sophomore year until this year. Womp. Though Kirby Smart seemed to do just fine this week. I, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna put the Bulldogs any higher or lower, however you want to look at it, than number ten in really? my in my poll this week, second week of second week of the college football season. Really, you I think getting... they're I think they're a top ten team. Okay. No question. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they looked great. Yeah. They looked great. So, yeah, so that, and then I love talking about soccer. I think soccer is really interesting. I like that the games are short. I like the intensity of how you never know when someone's going to score. I just really, I love it. I love And if you were strategy. playing soccer. Sweeper. Sweeper. I oh, read yeah. as a sweeper. So the one right in front of the goalie. Oh, okay. The rover of sorts. So the that one would be who the, would the, protect. The, the most, oh, that's the defensive sweeper. Defensive sweeper. So you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. the, you're the, uh, you're basically the terrorizer. Yeah, that was the goal. Yeah, I, I used to say a lot. Like I'm real. I'm not a fast runner, right. but if I catch you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't. And, and you're gonna you tear somebody's ACL. Uh-huh. Like you're you're taking them out. Uh huh. Yeah, they I might, got, they might get a shot on goal, but they're gonna be on the sideline. It'll line. be the last one. The last yeah. one ever. Yeah, you may get one, but you won't get one again. 
Um, <laughs> my uh, junior and senior year, I went Sweep to a Christian school. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. I went to a Christian school in Marietta, Georgia, my junior and senior year. And my senior year, my coach was like, I, I need you to change how you behave on the field. Like really gave me – because I – and it, it I, honestly, there's there was some other side to me in soccer where I was kind of not a good – it didn't bring out the best in me competitively. Did, so would you push people? Would you, you know, push I mean, yeah, I just, yeah, you would do anything I, I, possible mm-hmm, to stop them from scoring. Mm-hmm. I just, I am really surprisingly aggressive in that sports. That is not the Annie F downs. That is not Annie F downs, right? So, uh, so he had to like have a talking to me about like, you're the captain of a Christian school team. I need you to. Yeah. But you know, the, the, the Christian thing many times gi- just gives us the, the right to, not at Christian. Sure, sure, <laughs> right, exactly. So that's how we got. Um, that's how, that's how I started loving soccer. And then I just now that it's so easy to watch on TV, and a bunch of people here in Nashville have teams that we all watch together. So that are EPL teams. So those are the two. I'm start the podcast. And EPL two. meaning English Premier League. It for is. those who oh, don't. Oh, thank you. Sports the, talk with yeah, Brad for Manning. The, for those who <laughs> most 99.9 percent of all Americans listening, right. we're like, right. what's EPL? But they're, my people are kind of growing on it. I, this year, I really have a heart to um, see my friends who listen to the podcast grow to love soccer. We're gonna see okay. how it goes. Arsenal is my team, so. Arsenal. The Gunners. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so here's something you said that I want you to expound on because it's something I'm wrestling with in my life too, is when you were talking about this season in the middle of full-time job, freelancy consulting yes. to full-time job. Yeah. How do you have the wisdom to zoom out and feel that? That like, okay, this isn't forever. I can give this my everything. Yeah. But I think it's real. I would love to hear you talk about seasons a little bit and how you trust them and how you read them and how you know about them. So let me start with with a thirty thousand foot level. Yeah. On that issue, which comes back to what am I, what am I supposed to do with my life? Because <laughs> right. if you don't know that, then mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to really talk about seasons. Sure. So and I I wrestled with this through the stepping out of Catalyst because mm-hmm. there was a there was a part of me that was really really wrestling and and not ready to let go yeah. of Catalyst Brad. Yeah. Because Catalyst Brad was. He was awesome. He got invited yeah. to the White House and he sure. got to hang out with cool people. And and that became my identity mm. compared to my season. Or it was wow. quickly starting to become my identity yeah. compared to to a season. And so I had to sort of re, restart. And Steve Cockrum, who is a, a genius, uh, sort of coached me through this process. And we talked about three three things when we look at ourselves related to purpose. One is identity, which is who am I? And that's the highest form, unchanging. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one down would be calling, and why am I here? And for me, that's my calling is to influence influencers. That's yeah. a calling statement on my life. It's not. It's not. I'm not the only one that's had that. It's. It's not copyrighted by me. But sure. that's what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And what makes you uniquely you is the identity plus the calling. Exactly. Yeah. Then the third, which is the place where we we tend to confuse one and three, the third is assignment. So assignment is what do you I do? What do you do? What do I do? So identity is who am I? Calling is why am I here? Assignment is what do I do? Many times though we wrap, yeah, and uh, we incorrectly wrap assignment with identity or yeah. vice versa. So for me, Catalyst was becoming my identity when in essence Catalyst was a, a season of assignment. It was a season right. of what do I do that reflects my calling, which is why am I here? Which should give evidence to who am I? Mm-hmm. So. I've had five seasons of assignment so far in my life. I'll probably have two or three more. Yeah. And those are reflections of my calling. But man, we get so confused on this issue because yeah. we think 
if if I have a calling that is tied to or an identity tied to an assignment, what happens when I leave that assignment? Right. I've lost my identity. I've, I've lost lo- my yeah. calling. Yeah. And and that's just not true. It's not a true statement. It's not true of any of us. So you have to let yourself have freedom to see these seasons as assignments yeah. and do do be that's faithful really to good. that assignment. But once that assignment is done, it doesn't mean you're done. Yeah. It just means a new chapter of your book is now starting. Yeah. And so I could walk away from from the the captain's chair of catalyst mm-hmm. with a full sense of you know what like this season I finished well I yeah. did what I could I I stewarded it and led it the best I knew how but it's time to step out of that and Tyler Reagan is stepping in and man I'm the greatest cheerleader fan friend of Tyler I want to see it grow. I love him you know we were at Georgia at the oh, same yeah, time absolutely we are pals and I, I want to see catalyst grow way beyond me mm-hmm. during Tyler's leadership. Sure. And and for him to step in and uh, run it the way he needs to run it. But here's what happens so often, especially in Christian organizations, is I step out, whether I volunteer or I'm asked to. Yep. What, whatever the, the, whatever the, um, the exit strategy, the context is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But then I don't, I don't allow that season to be done. Yeah. It's too wrapped to my identity. So you know what I do for the next several years is I try to sabotage it. Oh, wow. So I've watched many Christian organizations especially, and all organizations do this, but big ministries where you see the founder or somebody involved in building it, they step out, and for the rest of their life, all they do is tear down the thing they help build. When you want to look at them and go, come on, bro, like right. move on to the next season. Right. You you the best way for you to have a legacy around the season that you were there is to move on to your new season. For this to be more than what you left. Absolutely. And so often we just spend the rest of our years after whatever defined us or we thought did, we, 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 we spend that either bitter Mm. or we spend it trying to sabotage what we help create. Or we, um, we watch with hopeful anticipation that it will crash and burn so that we can feel like, Oh, Somebody's now going to knock on my yeah. Somebody's going to knock on my door and go, Brad. You know, you were we had it just hadn't been the same without you. Mm-hmm. That is the worst definition of leadership and yeah. legacy that you can possibly find. Yeah, I think I wonder if a lot of I have a lot of friends who are stay at home moms now that were either women on staff at a church or had jobs in the business field or worked at a university, and so often there's that processing of. Um, that's who I used to be. Am right. I still her? Now I'm this. But yeah. I'm, I'm JV now. Like yeah. you feel like you're JV once yeah. you've sort of reached the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's just not a true statement. Right. You may, your pinnacle. So my thing now is I, I'm gathering or impacting tens mm-hmm. compared to gathering and impacting thousands. Does that mean I went from strength to weakness or I went from like the A team to, you know, the JV team? No. It just means I'm in a new season mm-hmm. that that only I can do for this season and that's true to me, unique to me, but it doesn't mean that I'm, I've uh, stepped back on the pedal mm. of my calling and purpose in life. It just means I'm in a new season to do that. And here's the thing, like you know this because you're around 20-somethings all the time. This, this issue is incredibly urgent with young leaders coming up because they're going to have, where I might have seven seasons of assignment, an average 25-year-old is going to have 12 to 15. Right. And so if if they don't understand this and feel the freedom to walk in and out of seasons of assignment, but still be true to their calling. Yep. 
and reflecting their identity. Into their identity, right? Then they will just be total schizophrenics. Right. Going from project to project without a true sense of- And always of, looking like a quitter instead of a season respecter. Exactly. Yeah, And if it, right. if it connects, like I always ask this question of young leaders is, okay, when it comes to this new job you're considering or this new season, this new project, whatever the new thing is, then what? Or yeah. so what? Yeah. Or for what? Like you, that's, I want to know that from them. It's, it has to connect to this, to this other question or other statement sure. in your life other than I'm just going from thing to thing. Right. Do you, when you feel season shifting in you, what does that feel like in your guts? When you see it coming? Um, it, well, a couple of things. One, it's a, um, it's a rumbling of something new. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a birth. So you'll of, hear of something. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yes. And, uh, and at that feel of, I would like to potentially try that, or that sounds interesting. Or, um, I start, I start seeing fabrics of, of a new season with people that I'm friends with uh, and that I'm sure. close to. And I'll, you, you know, it's like when you hear something, when you, you start hearing a commercial and you never paid attention to it, and all of a sudden you're, you're driving a Chrysler Buick, <laughs> and you start seeing the commercials that are Chrysler Buicks, yeah. and going, "Wait, that's my car! I right. never had listened to that commercial before or watched that." Um, so you start sensing it. There's also a not a loss of vision for what you've been doing, but I think there's a uh, there's a little bit of the of the dialing back of like that. a withering, yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, I think a lot so of people too. feel that. As a as a either something they shouldn't feel or a failure or uh, that you're not loyal or you're not being faithful to the end. Right. That's that's not. Th- that, I don't think that's accurate all the time. I think it's it's God releasing us from something that we've been stewarding for a long time, and it, it, part of it is just you you might lose interest. You have done your job well, and again, it's if you're feeling that you have to start asking the questions of. Why? Why? And yeah. so for me, I was feeling that at Catalyst as an example. It wasn't I was it, I was less passionate about what we were doing, but I was almost I was almost um, I was almost bored, mm-hmm. and that's that was starting to become a warning sign for me. Sure. Of something needs to change, and I'm not walking in with the same level of passion mm-hmm. to to do this and to to carry this mantle and to sit in this chair as I once did. Mm. And why is that? Mm-hmm. Well. It, I don't, it's, it's not a spiritual issue. It's not a, it's not a moral issue. It's not a, a team issue. There's not dysfunction. We're healthy enough. But you to have the to right. talk through all that. You have to think through all that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, at some point you go, you know what? Like, I think part of this is the releasing, mm-hmm. the releasing of me. Mm-hmm. And people have to be totally okay with releasing yeah. compared to the other side, which is, is being invited in or recruited or, you're, you're passionate about this new thing. You have to give yourself permission to be released. Mm. And that's the thing we don't like to do yeah. because it feels like we're giving up. Yeah. When in essence, you, you are, you're not giving up. You're just going on to the next thing. Yeah. I think, and I think we have to pay such close attention to that. What's a closed door and what's a call to perseverance? Absolutely. Right. Where you go like, Okay, this I have not enjoyed my job for three weeks, or I've not enjoyed this relationship for three weeks, or I've not enjoyed this thing for three weeks. Am I supposed to get out of this, or am I, or, or am I supposed to go to the other side of this? Yeah, and right? it, it, you know, you think about the, so sport. Go back to sports. Let's go back to sports. High school football mm-hmm. or high school soccer. 
you are in a season of high school soccer because you're in a school year. Right. That allows you to play that. Right. Great. That that uh, college college gives you a season of certain things. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be 31 and still like hanging out at the fraternity house. Listen, like some professional swimmers who from the University of Florida, exactly. Ryan Lochte, who Hello. still lives in Gainesville and right. dates college girls. Yeah, like, I've heard. I don't know him. Quit. <laughs> Uh, quit coloring your hair. Right, right. Because it turns green anyway. Thank from you. The you could get that on your own. Yes. Right. But, but those yeah, are, moving those are, out of Those that. are seasons that are defined for you mm-hmm. without you having to make a decision. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden we get into adult world. And it's an ocean. And it's an ocean of seasonal right. undefinedness. Right. And it's okay for us to move in and out of seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like when I worked at Lost Valley Ranch. Oh, yeah. Five years after college. You've been for there. For sure, yeah. Right? I know Lost Valley, yeah, You've yeah. been there as a guest. Have I? Yeah. Have you? I've didn't you there. go with the? Didn't you go with the, the group last year? Yes, you're okay. exactly right. Thank you. Yes. Look at you, there Brad. You Thanks. Well, I, I I know these things. Yeah, I, it's creepy, but I like it. Yeah, I stay in touch with Lost Valley people. <laughs> but I was, you know, 22, 23, 24, yeah. riding horses, post college. It's sort of one of those adventures you go on in your in your seasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for me to be forty years old and still working at Lost Valley with a bunch of college students, right. might not be the best use of a season of yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, so there's all these different sort of ways you can look at seasons mm-hmm. and you flow in and out of them and yeah. you have to give yourself permission to come in and out of those seasons. And it's it's truer today than ever before because, you know, my dad, one, one industry, a school teacher, coach, principal, mm-hmm. 40 years. His dad, 40 years. Yep. Same exact Same industry. Same in my family, yep. So all of a sudden we're in a new world of having freedom mm-hmm. and flexibility to pursue lots of different seasons. Yeah. And I love that. I, I think it's too. one of the, I think it's one of the most exciting things about today's rule book of leadership and and free agency and entrepreneurship and yeah. finding your true sweet spot and finding yeah. your calling. Um, but it it's really really important that we dial in on that identity calling an assignment piece. I had to really work through that in like 2010 when my first book got 47 no's. I mean, literally, I have them all. 47 no's from, from publishers. publishers. Yeah. And at the end, when I- Do you have I, them on a list or do you like check them <laughs> yeah, off? Yeah, yeah. I pretty woman all of them. I'm like, yeah. big mistake. <laughs> big. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who published that book, no, by the way? Uh, Zondervan. Thank you, Zondervan. Thank you, Zondervan. Thank you, Zondervan. Thanks, for, Zondi. For, for partnering up. You loved me anyway. That's right. Yeah. Um. And what happened is we, when I got all those no's and I had moved to Nashville two years before that and it told everybody I'm an author. That's what I am. That's who I am. And then all of a sudden we get all these no's and my agent and I quit working together and I go, if I'm not an author, Hmm. who am I? Right. And the Lord, it was like ripping a piece of chicken apart. Like the Lord had to rip that away from me and go like, okay, so who are you? Who's Annie actually in Nashville and who's Annie actually? And then when I stopped, when my identity and my calling and my assignment were not all one piece of chicken anymore, Mm -hmm. I, then the Lord handed it back to me and I didn't think he would. Like I thought, oh, we're done with writing and speaking. Let's try something else. I guess the Lord's going to open up some other, and I had a job at Mocha Club at a nonprofit here in town and working a little more than half time. And so I was like, maybe this is the direction we're going is into like social media and da, 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 da. But the Lord had to rip it away and take it away in that fashion to go like, okay, now let's let's back it. up to number one. Yeah. Who are you? You are not your job. And so now when people say great things about my books, I'm like, thank you so much. I agree. Because hmm. it's not me. And when they say terrible things, I'm like, that's terribly rude. But it's not me. Like it's the, it's 
that's not my identity anymore. So when, because I used to teach elementary school in Georgia. And so I taught school for five years. I've done this for eight years. So I'm like, oh, I've seen God switch me in careers. That could happen again. I don't think it's going to. So I'm living like it's not going to. But you're right. We just see like, I saw the season shifting and that actually didn't have to do with my ability or my skill or my, my identity. That's just the new assignment for the old calling. Yeah. Same calling. And and for, for those of us who follow Jesus, there is a underlying foundation of, of the kingdom story that, that goes into all that. So, you know, people will say, well, Brad, okay, what about the, to, you know, the, the calling of a Christian to know God and make him known? Well, Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the underlying foundation, you know, totally. to to be part of the of the kingdom story that's being unfolded on earth and, and within your sphere of influence. Yes. Like that's all part of your of I would say that's part of your identity. Yeah. Of your new identity. Yeah. Um, In Christ. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't answer the, the question necessarily or that's not the only question to answer. There's also a question of of what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. how do I how do I create? Um, a sense of me living out the gifts and the passion that God has given me yeah. for for this season, and you know the the very like simple definition for me of of calling, again that middle section is where those strengths and passions intersect, mm-hmm. and that's and then that flows into to your vocation, your job. Yeah. yeah. So that way, like if you, it gives it gives young leaders such freedom to pursue whatever kind of job. You don't feel the pressure of, I got to go find the one job that I'm supposed to do in life. Right. That's a total bogus right. answer from who, whoever gave that to you should be kicked in the shins. <laughs> yeah, right. I agree. Because that's not, a, it's not, it's not helpful yeah. for you to come out of college and think there's one thing for me to do yeah. in life. There yeah. might be. Right. You know, the fact that you were 13 and you felt the call to go into ministry or you felt the call to be a surgeon. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Man. Praise God. But not all of us feel that. 99% of us don't ever feel that. We're still answering the question or asking the question of, what am I supposed to do for this season? Yeah. I I said last year at QM and I I talked about calling a little bit and I I really went back to when I taught fifth grade and I was like, when I taught kids how to write thesis statements about why they love their cat, I love my cat because she's fun to play with. Um, I like to read books to her. I don't know. You know, like three totally different things. Why is blue my favorite color? Because it's the ocean and the sky and the color of my favorite football team, right? Those three have nothing to do with each other, Mm -hmm. except they're the same thesis statement. Mm -hmm. So what if we wrote thesis statements for our lives and gave ourselves permission to go like, oh, because this is my calling, I can actually be a surgeon. Exactly. Or I could move overseas and be a medical missionary. Or I could create new tools for surgeons to use. Like those are all three really different jobs. Or you could do something in the church that helps doctors feel connected to Christ, right? Whatever. But like writing your own thesis statement. It's huge. And coming up with that. I just, I think I want to give my friends more permission to feel seasonal. Yes. You know, I just think, man, so many, I, I struggle with it too, of feeling like this is, how do I know if this is right? And am I quitting? Am I, and it's like, Man, the earth works in seasons and God works in seasons and we we need to trust that more, I think. And and seasons give us uh they give us new fresh expression mm-hmm. many times of things that may have we thought had died in us. Yeah. And it's I think seasons are are the are the fuel or at least the 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 ability for you to have an excuse to bring back up dreams mm. in your life yeah. that that may have been buried 
from when you were 18. Right. And you know what? Or like, eight. Or eight. <laughs> right. Or eight. And that's that's what's so awesome about living today is that we've never lived in a in a economy, environment, culture, um, organizational life, free agency mindset where that was more an option than it is yeah, right why now. why is that now? How come our parents... And every generation before us was kind of one, maybe two career people. And now I don't know people. You don't know anybody. I don't think I do. I don't think I know anybody who's stuck with their first career for 35, 40 years. I think it's technology more than anything else. Mm. I mean, the the age of the internet has has created uh, the ability to do that Mm -hmm. because we can start anything by putting up a Squarespace right. site and here we go. Yeah. You know, like I, we're not sponsored by Squarespace. I just want to cover that. Yes. Squarespace is not paying for this podcast. Do not use Squarespace. Ever. <laughs> no, use them. <laughs> just tell them that we're the reason you're using them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We need Squarespace. <laughs> yeah, to be a sponsor yeah. Yeah. Of the like F Downs podcast. That's right. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. I, I also think it's a, it's a new age of, of the, the me generation, which is, is partly a negative. Yeah. But we're living in a, in a, in a world that, that says I'm going to do what I want to do mm-hmm. when I want to do it, mm-hmm. and so that actually is a negative context that's feeding potentially something I think that's healthy. Yeah, in terms of being able to pursue what what you feel like you're you're actually made to do and yeah. what you're passionate about. Yeah, because the old days of, I mean, it's this is a true statement. If if you're in a organization that you feel stuck in, that you hate what you do on a nine to five basis, mm-hmm. you've never had more opportunities to walk away. Yeah, right. You're exactly and, right. And do whatever you want. Yeah. Because now you can do that and you, you haven't you haven't lost, you know, you're not that far behind in the race. Yeah. You can quickly sort of re, re-enter the race. Yeah. And so for, when people say, I feel stuck, Brad, I, I've been in this crappy job for five years. Mm-hmm. I'm 29. Part of me says, well, you know what? This is a good learning opportunity for you so you're you're figuring out what you don't want to do mm-hmm. when you're when you're in charge you're mm-hmm. you're seeing things that you're learning from that's one side of it the other side of it is leave yeah <laughs> like get out i mean come get on. on linkedin yeah, just this look is, around <laughs> this is the, you've, you've never lived in an environment where you've had more opportunities to pursue um what you're truly what you truly feel called to do yeah. that place where your strengths and passions intersect yeah and our parents and many generations never asked that question they right. never ask the question of where do my strengths and passions intersect. They right. typically ask the question uh, one side or the other, mm. and they pursued passions typically on the weekend or at night. Um, they pursued their strengths through a job that hopefully captured some of that. Yeah. But most of the time, if you said to them, "Do you love what you do?" they would go, "What are you talking about? Love what you do." I got. A job is a means to an end. A job is a paycheck that allows me to do what I really love to do mm-hmm. in all the other areas. And I can't wait to retire. I can't wait to get to the finish line so I can right. actually start doing what I want to do. Right. Where today it's like, no, you're, you're already, your mindset should be, I'm already retired. Yeah, right. I think about that because I think I don't need to retire. I don't think no. I plan to retire. Why would you, why would you quit why doing do what you love? Why do I have to quit doing this? Yeah. Why would you quit doing what you love? I right. heard somebody the other day say, say, change your mindset from 65 to 80, 15 years of, of whatever you call that mm-hmm. retirement, you know, basically holding on until you die, whatever. Right. And just insert that into your life. So mm. t- think about 20 to 80. And all of a sudden, what if you could take all those 
15 years and insert them into sabbaticals and seasons of fun within right. the 20 to within the 60 year window of your right. of your take a month years. off once a year absolutely and work till you're 80 yeah yeah what if we what if we started doing that as, I'm do, I want to. Uh, why you can? I'm going to. We You're are. Your I'm own taking boss. off next August. You're your own boss. Yeah. And that again, that's the new mindset of yeah. the new worker, the new economy, the yeah. the new leader is. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it as a it spread out your retirement through your whole life. That's a really. Yeah, I, interesting I think retirement thought. is is one generation away from being completely killed. Yeah. And I think it's I I don't I'm not anti-retirement, but I I am pro, like. Do a cannonball, yeah. Do a complete cannonball in, into the eternity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, do not. We we. There's nothing that said we should ever take the last ten years of our lives and just hold on. Yeah, we're. I, I think we're seeing that modeled. And I think Billy Graham modeled that as long as he could. Kay Arthur models that, like. Even the next generation down of the Beth Moores and the John Maxwells, these people who are in there, you know, our parents-ish age. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm not slowing down. They're crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're still Their 60s impacting. and 70s are, because what happens in your 60s and 70s, you know more than you've ever known. Yep. You have more wisdom than you've ever had. You can pass on that in ways that you, that nowadays you can do that with with more people than you ever could. Yeah. So, and you not... probably have more time because you're not raising kids. Exactly. You're, you've settled into who you are. Exactly. The greatest season, I think, is is that last fourth quarter. Yeah. But many times it just turns into golfing and and planting flowers. And right. that, nothing again, nothing wrong with that. That's not right. a. It's not a. It's not a sin. It's not bad. Yeah. But it's man, just not where we're going. Probably. We, we got people on the sideline who need to be in the game. Yeah. You know, I saw. Um, I may have said this before on the podcast because I say this a lot, but I saw Will Smith talk on a Tonight Show kind of platform, and he had just turned 40. Did you see this? And he talked about how he did skydiving in Dubai when he turned 40. I think it's Dubai. You know, I'm probably totally murdering the story, but he said it was my halftime performance. And he said, and, awesome. and in every game, you play the best you can in the third and fourth quarters. He's like, so, th- so I'm only, I'm only at halftime. Right. Like now is when we really go. And I thought that is how I want. That's like, awesome. I love that. I love thinking about like how can I impact and do more as I grow versus start waning hmm. and start exiting before. Because again, and we're none of us are promised tomorrow. I may not see eighty. Right. But I certainly don't want to live. Like 65 is the end. Yeah. I want to live like 104 is the end. Yeah. And then if the Lord takes me before that, cannonball. And I cannonballed out. Absolutely. And you're, 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 you're not just putting it on cruise control. Right. Because at some point we all feel like we've reached the pinnacle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, it, in our career, in our child raising, in our uh, marriages, in our friendships. We feel like, and typically that happens, most people would say, when you look back on their life, they would say, oh, that probably happened in my 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. That's what they would say. Yeah. But it, partly because they they cruised. Mm-hmm. They, they gave up on a lot of the, the, like, the, the nose out over the tips going yeah. down the black, yeah. the, the black run on the, on, you know, at, at, at Vail. Yeah. And now they're just doing the bunny slopes. Right. For, for the next 20 years. And it almost is like a change, uh, as I'm thinking it through, probably for the first time really like this, but it almost changes your mindset of your whole life. Because instead of going like, it just makes you, I need to rest as we're going. Exactly. Because I got to last, if I'm 36 right now, 
I've got 50 more years of this yeah. minimum, yeah. I hope. So I need to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. Yeah, don't. Because don't, I don't want to be tired when I'm 75. Exactly. Because I busted my tail when I was 35. Exactly. Yeah, you're, I want to you, still be going. You look You look at it more as I'm going to rest more on the journey. Yeah. Compared to I'm going to, I'm going to just absolutely crash red dial end. it yeah. until 65 and then crash. That's really smart, Brad. I mean, I already knew you're smart. That's why we're friends. But I mean, and, that's and, a really interesting. And it does give concept. you. It gives you. It gives you a greater sense of of the of the long of obedience in the long direction. Eugene yeah, Peterson. That's yeah. that's famous by him. But long obedience in the same direction. Your exponential impact goes up into the right hockey stick. Right. In your fourth quarter. Right. Compared to it, it pinnacles again sometime mm. in halftime or just right. after halftime. That if if we think exponential hockey stick impact yeah. in the fourth quarter, it just changes the whole perspective on yeah. the way we... And it's so encouraging because it also says that whatever you're sitting in right now isn't the end and you aren't wasting and you aren't, you know, you're like, no, you're, you're a 30-year-old dude who's on his second career. Well, learn everything you can learn because you've got four more decades of this or five more decades or you're a 35 year old mom yep. and you've got three kids at home well in like a decade and a half they'll be gone so what are you going to do right. so what does this look like yeah so that you can have a strong third and fourth quarter yeah my uh when i was working at lost valley bob foster senior who was uh-huh. the founder of lost valley we would set at breakfast celebration of discipline is that that same guy no no that's richard foster thank you i knew the last name yeah same foster not not related but fosters yes thank you sorry um, but Bob started this Lost Valley Ranch place, and he was 75 when I was working there. Uh-huh. I was 23, and we would meet for breakfast every Friday. And almost every Friday, he would say, Brad, your 20s establish your 70s. Your oh, 20s wow. establish your 70s. You're, and what he was saying was, here I am, 75, telling you as a 23-year-old knucklehead sure. that what you do now uh-huh. will impact who you become when you're my age. Yeah. But I watched him totally cannonball. I mean, he just passed away this summer, mm. 95. Wow. 95. And one of his, one of the things he was working on this year, or actually last year, yeah. um, he was going to move to China. No way. Because he wanted to go like spread the gospel in China. Yeah. At 95. Yeah. I mean, he's cannonballing into eternity. Right. And- but to see somebody live that out, and I watched his 75 to 95, 20 years, impact so many young, again, knuckleheads like me yeah. who were he, he was mentoring and yeah. he was pouring into when he could have just coasted. He could have sure. said- I mean, his, 75. He could have yeah. It's like, done you've nothing. done it. You're done. You know, good yeah. job. Yeah. Go, go. And how many people is he- I mean, if oh, we just lined up everyone thousands, who's ever shown up at a Catalyst. Thousands. Right? Can you thousands, imagine? Yeah. Brad, I did not expect me expect to be jived about my seventies and eighties today, Come thanks on. to you. But this is <laughs> like, this, this is sponsored great. by AARP. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, this podcast uh, and brought to you by your grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> All of those, you know, things wow. that are advertised to grandparents. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be like, we don't want to hear any of that. We're still out jogging. We're still out living. Absolutely. I'm still traveling on planes. We're not. We're not moving to Del Boca Vista. No, I'm not about that life. <laughs> Unless they need Jesus, and that's a great place to write a book. That's right, yeah. Um, okay, Brad, so tell me how people can find you on the internet. Uh, just my name, all the outlets. So Brad Lominick, L-O-M-E-N-I-C-K. 
Brad Lominick. Okay, the that's, last question. That's true at Twitter, Instagram. All the places. Snapchat? Yeah, do you Facebook. have heart, a heart for Snapchat? I, you know, I'm not really a, I'm, I'm on, but I don't really do much. Okay. I watch other people. Right. I'm, I watched sort of for like observer. a year before yeah. I played. Yeah. 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 You, Carlos got you. Did Carlos? Carlos and Harris the Third. Harris the Third. Yeah. He, I didn't Harris know he was the Third, who really was like, downs, it's time. Okay. And, but Carlos had been one of, yeah, but I've when, been watching. When Harris the Third says it, it it's. He, he like he goes into a puff of smoke. That's right. Once he, <laughs> he says said it, it yeah, and then he gone. immediately disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that was left there was a rabbit. Right. And so or, I believe or, him. Or you're in a box and you don't realize <laughs> oh how you got in there. And you're like, yeah. somebody let me out. And I'm he was like, box. I'm only letting you out if you Snapchat. And I was like, okay, fine. He'll let me. I'll come out. Um, okay. So the last question we always ask on the podcast, which uh, I, I I'm excited to hear your answer because it's called that sounds fun. What yes. sounds fun to you right now? I was giving the pause to give it so dramatic. Yeah, such strength. Yeah. <laughs> College football. Oh, sure. Who's your team? Oklahoma Sooners. University oh, of Oklahoma. Oh, I'm so sorry this it week. A, it was a rough weekend. That's a disaster. It's a rough weekend. Y- you never want to be on the sad side of an upset. No. No. No, no. I'm but sorry. I appreciate the fact that you you are are feeling my pain. I'm sympathetic. It, yeah. Listen, I've never been in a more, the most abusive relationship I'm in is Georgia Bulldogs because every year they break my heart and they promise it'll be different. <laughs> they, and so I come back listen, they're a and tough they do it again. They're a tough team to cheer for. I, I will agree with you on that. <laughs> I mean, give me another nine and three year and I'll give you another yeah. kick in the shins. So, uh, okay, so, so Sooners. Sooners. Did you go there? What makes you love the Sooners? Oh yeah. I okay. grew up in Oklahoma. I went to school okay. at the University of Oklahoma. Okay. I'm a proud alum. Yeah, really? Proud alum. Boomer uh, Sooner. Boomer whatever Sooner. that means. It, it, you know what? It, I don't know. Oh, it's the people who who were early into the land rush of Oklahoma. Oh, sure. So the Sooners were actually outlaws because oh, they cool. broke they broke the the time. So it was you know everybody's supposed to like rush yeah to get their forty acres. Yeah, but the Sooners were the ones who went early. So technically, our mascot is an outlaw in our state. Oh, that's fantastic. And Boomer was sort of the they were known as the the Boomer Sooners for some okay. reason. Yeah. Okay. There's a little trivia for Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was free. The other thing I'm uh, that sounds fun is uh, hunting because I'm a oh, big hunter. yeah. So it's fall, falls upon us. Deer? Is that your thing? Uh, more more birds. So oh, dove. Dove. Things, quails. Quail. But you like, know, you don't say tr- quails. <laughs> uh, it's just quail. Yeah. Duck. 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 Ducks. Ducks. Yes. Yeah. Ducks. Pheasant. Turkey. Quail and dove. Those would be the big five of okay. the of the so upland you, bird hunting. Do you do that in Georgia? Do you still live in? You're still in Atlanta. Still in Atlanta. Uh, it's not great hunting in Georgia. Dove hunting is good there. Quail hunting can be good. the The duck hunting is is best on an antenna. In, uh, Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you made that too easy. Uh, you just soft absolutely that one to me. yes. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the great games, by the way. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. yeah, yeah. My neighbors had it. We weren't allowed to have a Nintendo. But did you? Eric did you? And Amanda did. did you have the? Did you get the the duck hunting two, which no, we always only had one over there. But I know, but did you shoot with the gun or did oh, yeah, you shoot gun. with your okay joystick? Gun. Yeah, because yeah. the gun was was crucial sure. to the experience. Well, it's different. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise you were just hitting the button right, for which, timing, which was sort of like whatever. Yeah, uh, but Oklahoma and Arkansas are the okay. That's sort of good. But duck like, hunting. don't you forgive me for not knowing enough? Um, when you're hunting quail, yeah, aren't you going to like a yard like a like somebody's backyard. Yeah, where they've like just loaded it with quail, and then uh, someone throws something, that, and they all that fly? would be that would be uh, that would be raised quail. Okay. Or or tame quail. So in a or pen raised quail. Okay. So they will put quail that have been raised out in a large acreage area, and then you have dogs that will go and point them, 
and then you f- they f- you flush them up, and then they they fly up and you shoot them. You shoot them in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those that are wild quail are they're actually living in the wild. How would you ever find them? Well, with dogs. dogs. Yeah. So you have a you have a hunting dog. I don't currently have a hunting dog, but okay. I hunt with those who do. Mm, and sure. wild quail are so much more fun to to hunt. Yeah, I would it, imagine that actually feels like hunting versus like a field of quail that you've laid there. That yeah, seems it, like, that's like an Easter egg hunt to me. It is. It is a little more Easter eggish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there it's still the it's still the experience of of watching the dogs. Of yeah, I was about to say, why do you like it? You know, the, well, the, I mean, the sh- the shooting part is sort of the that that's like down the list of of things that are a priority. Mm. Um, it's more the community, it's the camaraderie, it's the, the early mornings. It's the early morning. I mean, yeah. I, I've had some of the best worship moments in a duck blind. Bull. Then, yeah. Oh, and wow. I've been in every big arena. Yeah, with every You've band, done them all, yeah. You know, but in a duck blind. Five thirty in the morning, the sun is coming up or just starting to. Yeah, you're you're like you're in you're in the water, you and your dog. Yeah, uh, it, it's just a, it's a spiritual experience. Wow. Um, and you're you're like the creation part. It's when scripture talks about like hearing the moans of creation. Uh huh. I feel like when you get out there and you're in that environment, you can you can start to sense that you can almost audibly hear. <sighs> Creation. Brad, I want to go. It's it's Let's an go. amazing experience. That's yeah. No one ever talks. You ever to me shot about a hunting. gun? Uh huh. I know how to do that. A shotgun? Uh huh. Or a, a rifle or a pistol? Uh, the long one has a long nose. Shotgun. That would be a shotgun or a rifle. Uh, it's so a shotgun would be a gun that you shoot birds with. That when the when the when the bullet comes out, it it, it does sprays. this. It sprays BBs. Where a rifle typically is what you would shoot. No, it Larger had the little, animals with. it was the shaky. You, it was the that was a shotgun. shotgun. Yeah, yeah, the shaky. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. old shaky. The old, the old shaky bullets. So those <laughs> those people who hunt deer would would hunt with a rifle. Okay. Or they would hunt with a with a bow. Yeah. If they're if they're really dialed in, yeah, you know, to the level of intense. I'm sucked into the deer vortex yeah. then they're bow hunters. Okay. But I'm I'm not really a large animal hunter. Right. Just probably the, be, because birds. you have to be quiet. <laughs> where duck, uh, dove, I can make quail. noises. Oh yeah, you can. <gasps> now you Brad. have to. You have to be quiet when they're starting to circle oh, with, with duck. I am the right person for that hunting because the quiet of the deer has been. No, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's taxing. It's yeah. painful. <laughs> it would hurt everyone. And you're thinking I, after mm-hmm. five minutes, is this all there is to this? Yes, and then they see one deer in a day, and right. I can't with that. That's yeah, yeah. A, no. no, no, no. I'm I'm. I'm the same way. So, especially, what are you on Enneagram? Do you know? I'm a three. Ah, uh, of course you are. I'm a seven, and we just don't we just don't get quiet very much. What's a seven? Uh, the entertainer. Oh, the enthusiast. The enthusiast. Yeah. Same. So you're the. Uh, are you? What's your? What's the a animal? wing eight? Oh, a I'm a butterfly eight. when I'm in a good mood, <laughs> and when I'm a bat, when I'm an unhealthy version, I'm either a caterpillar or a monkey, and I can I can attest to that being true. A, mo- a caterpillar or a monkey? Yeah, I either withdraw and don't oh, want to okay. feel anything, right, right, or yeah. I am all up in your space and I'm loud and I'm insecure. The monkey part. The monkey part. I don't know what the animal is for three. I don't either. I can look on the internet at some point. And I'm not sure we'll what my wing is. You're, there's so much you need to know. I know. I need to I need to be more of an Enneagram <laughs> expert, but I'm definitely um, a three. Oh, I'm glad to know that I can be loud when we're duck hunting. That's great news. Yeah, you, you can, can only be, be loud enemy. when there's no ducks. Right. <laughs> Once the ducks, once you start to see ducks, you have to. See, I can seasonally be quiet. Yeah. I just can't continually be exactly. quiet. No. And that, like people are talking, you're, you know, you're telling stories and then 
somebody will sort of see a duck and you start calling. And, and the then call, everybody goes, The call is the, is the quiet, sort of call to quiet. It's oh, like this the call, is going to work It's like the call to worship. Call to worship. Yeah, the, the, this the is, I'm going to be great at this. I'm really excited the about quail, this. Quail, dove, uh, and pheasant, you can talk all you want because you're just walking around in a field. Or dove, you're wow. sitting in a field. But yeah. pheasant and quail, you're walking, following dogs. The, the, pheasant, the pheasant or the quail do not care one bit if you scream bloody murder out in the field. The dogs are the ones who find the birds, and then once you, once they point them, then you walk up behind them and you say, "Okay, Molly, get up in there," and she <laughs> jumps, and the quail flies up oh, and you this shoot is, it. This is good for me. So yeah, it's, and then you get to work some cute face paint, right? Uh, that would be more. I mean, I will just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> that that's for duck hunting. Okay, because the well. ducks can see you. Yes, yeah, so you oh. need to you need to be totally camoed. Okay. Yes, same okay. with turkey, turkey okay. and duck and deer are the most camoed of all the hunting. Wow, so I don't even have to go real camo for pheasants. Okay, this is Oh no, you can like put you can wear uh, a f- uh you can wear a dress if you want out hunting quail now and this is getting really good. and pheasant cuz they don't care what you're wearing. Yeah. Oh, Brad, wow. Okay, well. So <laughs> you've taught me all the things today. You're 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 all studied up. I'm ready to go. On upland bird you hunting. Just tell me when. <laughs> upland bird awesome. hunting. <laughs> um, well, thank you for being on the podcast. It's been, it's been fun. Really fun. I'm glad. It has been fun. It, it has sounded been fun. fun. I know. It has been fun. Annie F. Downs, <laughs> Brad S. Lominick, signing off. I hope y'all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Man, getting to process through some of that retirement stuff and season stuff and learning so much about hunting. You guys, I've always thought I could never be a hunter because I'm too loud, but I can. I don't even know that I want to kill birds, but I can. Isn't that half the battle, the permission to do so? <sighs> it felt great. It felt great to realize that you can talk and wear normal clothes and still participate in an outdoor activity. I'm grateful. So I uh, hope that you thought that was fun. Again, he's easy to keep up with on the internet, Brad Lomanek. I'll put the his link to his socials on the blog and in the show notes and everywhere so you can follow him and thank him for his thoughts and his wisdom. And you should also check out his books. They are really, really great. Um, As always, I just want to remind you that the beautiful music in the background is our dear, sweet friend, Ellie Holcomb, one of the most wonderful women that I get to know. And so I always love getting to introduce you over and over again to her music. And don't forget to head back and check out some of the old podcasts. We just had a great one with my friend Bianca about her new book, Play With Fire, that is just amazing and incredible. There's tons of authors, musicians, speakers, all friends, just friends hanging out back there in the archives of the podcast. And while you're there, if you get a chance, it can leave a review and rate the podcast. That would mean a lot. That kind of tells other people who aren't already friends with us that this is a fun place to hang out. So I hope that you have a great day. I hope you enjoyed hanging out. I loved it. Thanks for inviting me into your life. It really means a lot to me, truly. I am grateful for every friend that is on the other side of this podcast. So thank you very, very much. And I hope you do something that sounds really fun to you today. See you soon. I mean, I won't see you soon because you can't see each other, but I can see. So hear you soon. You'll hear me soon. Mm, Bye. (laughs) 